<laughs> That's right, everybody. Welcome back to the Bowfishing Buzz presented by AMS Bowfishing and Mega Mouth Bowfishing, also sponsoring this podcast. Yes, sir. My name is Matthew. My name is Derek. No, it's not. <laughs> D. Schmitty. D. Schmitty. It's D. Schmitty. D. Schmitty. D. Schmitty. Yes, sirree, man. Got the kids clapping in the background. Everybody's jacked up. I'm jacked up. We are ready to kick off uh, the 2021 season and finally get back to our podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, we've been gone for a little bit here. <laughs> uh, not for lack of wanting to record podcasts for no. you guys. It's it's just these first couple months of the year, everybody's getting ready. Dealers placing orders, individuals placing orders, getting ramped up for the 2021 bullfishing season. We have been so busy, which is a great thing, but we just haven't had time to sit down for an hour and record a podcast for you guys. It's just been wild. Right. So so we're back. We are. But we are back. We're back. Oh, we're yeah. back. We never really left. We no. just got really busy yeah. here yeah. at the AMS shop. And it's still busy, but we had to find <laughs> some time here on April 21st already. Wow. Oh, I've only Lord. been bow fishing once. And not even here in the state of Wisconsin. You weren't, even, you weren't even close. We'll be talking about that in one of our next podcasts. Oh, okay. All right. But, All right. Uh, I mean, today, uh, 33 degrees out. Uh, the, the sun is out shining cloudy and stuff, but it was there was snow flurries coming down just yeah. a little bit ago. The ground was actually white. Yeah. Just so everybody knows uh, the old Wisconsin weather. Easter weekend, I think we touched like 70 degrees, mid-70s. Beautiful. Just beautiful. This past week, uh, if we've reached 40, that would be lucky. Um, we couldn't see 10 yards out the window this morning. It was snowing so hard, and now it is beautiful sunshine. It looks amazing outside. So that's just a typical day up here in Wisconsin with that it crazy weather. It looks amazing outside, but go outside in yeah. a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. Mother Nature's a big tease. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been bad. <laughs> it's been bad. Well, you know, a lot has been already happening um, in the bow fishing world. Um, but first, we're going to kick off with some of the some of the. Um, there's there's not many that I looked at this morning. Um, some of the the BAA records, Derek. So yeah, um, sure. But we've got a lot to discuss here. We've got a special guest coming on. So want you start us off there, Derek, with some of the BAA records. Sure, sure. I'll read that first one off here, Matt, and I'm going to add a little side note giver to that record we have. So we would like to congratulate Anthony Miller on his Michigan State record bullfin weighing 11 pounds. That was, according to our notes here, a 20-year record that he broke. You know, a lot of times you get those fish that, you know, every two, three years someone shoots one, you know, a, a fish that breaks that previous record. 20 years, that had to have been a, I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bullfin. Matt? <sighs> I know what you're going to say yeah, now. I've told you this. His bowfin stories. I always see the little snaps and pictures oh my gosh. in the summertime. There's a lake in Wisconsin in a county that you cannot bowfish in. Yep. Okay. Yep. This lake, um, the smallest bowfin that I've seen in this lake would shatter. <laughs> it would shatter the Wisconsin record. Not just shatter it. It would it would, it, we would need to say it, shatter. Oh, that's big time yes, right there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there. You know, I have no proof of it or anything, but I have seen some absolute tanks while I'm trying to catch some crappies and walleyes Have you there. caught it's, any of them? I have um, caught a couple of them, and I, I guess I shouldn't say that. The smallest one would shatter it. But the one that I caught, I remember we released it, and we just gauged what it weighed based on what the uh, um, the length and the record was for 
the Wisconsin yep. record bullfin. Yep. And it would have been within, I'm guessing, like a pound, which that seems like a lot. But like I said, this was one of the smallest fish that we've seen. wise in that lake. I, we've seen some that are just like, oh, my God, get out of the water type big, just tanks. But Unreal. Sorry Unreal. for that little tangent. No, Continue cool. on with the, the next record here. All right. We've got Bailey Garrison, a youth world record and youth Arkansas state record blue catfish weighing 62.3 pounds. Wow. That's a tank. That's a tank. And, you know, I always say it every time, but seeing those youth records, that's so cool. Yep. Absolutely. The most important generation is the next generation, so congrats to Bailey on that one. Awesome. Um, got a little shout-out here for a Megamoth Pro staffer, Donovan Tate. Congrats. BAA world record and Florida state record clownfish weighing 13.8 pounds. Congrats, Donovan. I bet you he wasn't cloning around when he shot that oh, fish, was he? Oh, my dad joke. Dad joke. <laughs> Engaged. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to start out right away. I know we're, I'm going to go a little bit off script right here. Okay. But I'm just going to go off a little bit here because I've been seeing way too much of this. Oh, I know what you're going to say. On Facebook, on social media, the season's just getting going really kind of starting to kick in here and people are starting to go out now, but I'm seeing way too much of people picking up and having to take care of other bow fishers that are leaving their fish in the ditches. At the boat ramps. Terrible. Um, number one, you're not a bow fisher if you're no, doing that type of stuff. absolutely not. Because if you ruin it for myself and all of you out there that love the sport of bow fishing, you are not a bow fisher. And when you're bow fishing, the only way that this is going to get taken care of is if it's taken care of by... The bowfishing community, yeah, or the guys that are in that boat, because more than likely, when you're bowfishing, you're not by yourself. No, very rarely. Very rarely, you got two, three, four buddies in your boat. Yep. It's going to take some of them to step up and call you out. Yep. Because we all know, a lot of times we're coming home at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. There's not a lot of traffic on the roads, and these idiots are doing this type of stuff, yeah. and it really ticks me off. Yeah. So I hate to get all mad and stuff around here right away, but God dang, this has got to stop. Yeah. Yep. I think the, the most important thing, you have your checklist. Matt, you can relate to this. You have your checklist of things that you need to do to be ready to go out on the water to shoot fish at night, okay? Yep. Gas up the generators. Gas up the boat. Get your equipment ready. Make sure everything's rocking and rolling. Trailer lights are working. Um, mm -hmm. You got the truck. You got all your gear. You got the gaff. You got the... The f you have all of these things that you need to keep track of, okay, and that people do keep track of in order to go out for a night of fishing. Number one on that list, number one with being safe, of course, but right up there, you need to know, you need to have a plan before you go out of what you're going to do with those fish. Right. If you do not have an avenue of, of disposing of those fish in a proper way, I hate to say it, then you don't belong don't. out on the water shooting right. these fish. Absolutely not. Right. Keep your butt off the waters. Yeah, that's that. We puts don't want you to bowfish. Exactly, that puts out such a bad vibe. Such a bad one bad apple makes everyone who bowfishes look terrible. Yep. People who don't do it don't know about it, and they see, oh yeah, those guys who bowfish, they just dump their fish in the ditch. Well, guess what? They're gonna think that we all do that, which could not yep. be further from the truth. Absolutely, right yeah. on, right just on. Just not good. Yep. Clean it up, guys. I have a farmer that um, I work with here, or that we kind of work with here. Yep. There's several people in this Stratford area that work with this uh, farm out here. Mm -hmm. I've already gone out there and, give, and handed him a case of beer, 
I take them some AMS hats, some AMS shirts. I'm good to go for the rest of the year. Yeah. They see me drive in, wave and stuff like that there. They know that's all you have to do is find a farmer in your area, pay him some money, give him some some good old cold uh, bush lattes bush is what we lattes. call them up here. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, do something. But dang it, do not keep doing this type of stuff. You're going you're gonna to hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. And when that happens, it's not going to be good. So if you know of somebody... You need to talk to them. If you don't want to, you know, get the law enforcement involved or the DNR involved or something like that there, you know, talk to them. Say, hey, man, you know, I'm not going to keep going with you. Just, we we got to figure something out because we right. can't do this. We're going to have to call these people out. And the bow fishing community is going to have to put a stop to this. And they're going to have to, you know, turn these people in that are doing yeah. this. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. There's nobody out and around when these yeah. kids are doing this or whoever's doing it, you know. Right. 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 It's crazy. Yep. And. And I know that there's also places, like, for instance, here in Wisconsin, once you shoot a rough fish, you cannot release it back into the water. Okay, so we have to take those fish back with us. Mm -hmm. In other states, they allow, um, you can sink fish fish, in certain states. Well, sinking fish is different than taking your barrel of fish and just dumping that into the water. Yep, yep, yep. That is not sinking fish. Those are floating fish. Those are right there. floating fish that everybody can see the next morning. Yeah, and smell. Yes. Water skiers see them. The guys in the pontoon see them. Fishermen see them. Um, sinking fish is taking a gaff and puncturing that fish's air sac so it sinks. You can see a sinking fish because bubbles come up out of it when it's going down. Yep. It's sinking. All right? Now, that fish is going to be consumed by a lot of Critters that are down, crabs, turtles, right. other fish. Yep. You know, those are going to be eaten up. Um, but you can't just dump that over into the water. Yeah. Those are going to get seen by everybody the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So sorry about that little rant there, but I just had to get it out there had because. Had to say it. Had to say it. We need to put a stop to this. It's got to stop. Um, and hats off to everybody that goes out and yeah. finds these and picks them up and takes care of them. That's, that's, you they're know? the biggest heroes in this whole deal is people picking up other yep. people's messes. Right. So, okay, so what this podcast is going to be about is, is going to be about safety in the sport of bow fishing. And, you know, Derek, it goes so much further, uh, the safety does, besides the equipment that we use. Absolutely. Yep. You know, um, right here, you know, driving on the water at night. You know, um, I like to go to the waters that I'm going to be bow fishing, especially if I'm bow fishing somewhere that I've never been to, before it gets dark out. Yep. I like to plot a trail on my GPS unit so I can get to where I'm going and back. Yep. That also lets me know what kind of debris might be floating around, especially if there's been floods, flooding rivers and stuff. My gosh, have you ever been on the Ohio River when it's flooded? We've, yeah. That, yep, I have. It's With like you. a minefield out <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Because there is so much tires. I see big tires floating down the river. Yeah. Um, so, you know, driving at night, you know, don't go fast, uh, faster than what you can see with your lights. I know, um, in some areas we aren't allowed to drive with our lights on, which is goofy in my mind, mm-hmm. but, but, um, you need to be very careful out there when you're driving at nighttime. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Just um, seeing one of these notes here, Matt, the next one we have on here is to have a good GPS unit yes. on your boat. Um, yeah. I know we got one on the AMS boat and, and, you know, a lot of these guys, they do have a GPS unit 
on the boat. You know, it runs off the your battery on the boat, mm-hmm. and everything is ready to rock and roll. But you know, a lot of times you see these these guys who they don't have a GPS on their boat. Okay, yep. and that's that's totally fine. There are, for example, Matt and I earlier this winter we were out uh, in Minnesota. We were ice fishing. Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna I'm gonna draw this back to boat fishing, but we were ice fishing out in the middle of this huge lake. We did not have any service while we were out on this lake, all right? But there is an app, and there are so many others than just the one I'm going to mention here, Navionics app, all yeah. right? What you can do is you can go in, select a body of water, download that map when you have service or cell service. You are going to get a re- accurate reading of the depth, um, hazardous areas on that body of water. Mm-hmm. So bolt then, launches? Yep, bolt launches, yeah. anything you'd need. Um, so that if you don't have a big fancy GPS unit on your boat, I mean, that's a it's a... You can get a free version of that app and have that map and you can just, you just, you'll have a little bit, you can make a track, you know, if you make it safe going one way, you can follow that track back. It can just, it can just really help you, but you got to plan that out. If, if uh, you don't think you might have service, just something to give you a little bit more extra peace of mind coming back at night when it's, when it's dark. And getting back to that, Derek, we all have Google maps. We all have maps on our, on our phones, but I do not. I like to use it when I'm on the trolling motor and on the fan. I'll use that. Sure. But when I'm driving, I like to have one hand on my throttle and one hand on my steering wheel. Sure. In case I need to throttle back or make a quick move. So yep. I don't want to be holding onto that phone. I want to be looking at my right. good GPS yep. unit. Yep. Sure. When I'm driving. Yep. But anything to help you out there on the water. Um, fog on the water. My mm-hmm. gosh, how many times have we been caught in fog? Um, in the night of a tournament, uh, oh, just regular bow fishing. But um, there's been a lot of times where that fog settles in when it's hot and muggy, and yeah. then that it's getting close to that daybreak at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, and that fog just settles in in the big river valleys and stuff like that. you got to be careful. Yeah, take it slow. Yeah. You know, just be, rather to be, yeah. you know, uh, just take it slow. Rather yeah. to get back to the landing 10 minutes late than to have something bad happen to you out in the water. You know, and... and I'll use, for example, like the, the Tennessee River, okay, that goes um, from Barkley um, or Kentucky Lake out to the Ohio River, okay? It's it's small. It's narrow. Fog settles in there. You kind of know it, all right? But uh, along that, there's barges. Yeah. And along that, there's there's dumping stations. There's, there's those big cement where barges park. Yep. that are sitting off this bank. So even if you're riding this cruising up the bank, there's a lot of stuff that's in the way there. So, you know, if you're out shooting a tournament or you're just out fun shooting, you know, you need to know that it's going to be foggy out the next day, and you can kind of tell. Um, you need to leave early, you know. If you have to come back to Wayne's and stuff like that, you need to come back early right. get a little quicker start going like that there too. Um, a lot of us bowfish below dams there. Mm-hmm. It's a great spot. I love bow fishing below dams, but you need to use your head below dams. And that can also be above dams, above and below dams, all right? Um, Generally, a lot of the dams will sound a siren if something's going to be changing there. And um, they have signs up that when the sirens go off, you know, please move a certain distance. But there's a reason why they want you to stay, you know, 200 feet generally um, below these dams. Um, For example, I remember it was, gosh, this has to be about... Five or five or six years ago, or so, something like that, Derek. Yeah, um, we were down mm-hmm. scouting on the Ohio River for the Cajun Eight, and um, I got a phone call that night that a boat got sucked under one of the dams. Terrible. And um, here to find out that 
thank God, um, I knew the guy and the gal, all right? Um, thank God when they went down, were going down, being pulled backwards because their motor would not start, oh, okay? They were being sucked into that dam, into that gate. Um, thank God that that water level, there's there's big chunks of cement all around dams for for the, for the that go way down underneath the water that we can't see when the water is high. Okay, mm-hmm. thank God that that water was at a certain level where there was a ledge of the cement pillar that came out. Sure, right there where they were going down. They luckily got onto that cement slab, and thank God that water didn't raise or lower, and they were able to somehow they got the foam by, I don't know how, but they got a phone with them. And they were able to call the the people at the dam there, and uh, they got taken care of. Thank God. But um, it could have been know, really bad. Yeah, I mean that 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 boat got sucked under. Thank God they didn't. And that that boat when it came back on the other side was just like a crushed tuna can. That's what you said. It was like it was smashed flat. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, be careful. Um, let's see here. Bilge pumps. Yes. Yeah. Big. Yep. You're taking on water. You don't want to be taking on water for Big. long. Um, a couple years back, we were backing into the Mississippi River. Yep. All right. We were in a hurry. I forgot to put the mm-hmm. the plug in. Yeah. I was just, right? I was going to say that next. Yeah. Well, we've got a pretty two inch hole. A lot of water comes in a two inch yeah. hole really quick. Okay. I went to turn my bilge pump. Well, I, at first I noticed my, my feet were getting wet. That's how I knew water was coming in. Sure. And I turned around and looked and we have an automatic bilge pump and it wasn't spitting out. I'm like, that's odd. Yeah. So I went to manually turn it on, and I didn't hear nothing running. Yeah. So I was yelling to John to back the trailer back in the water. He did, yep. and I drove the boat on trailer, and we pulled it up off the shore and got it going. The next day, the bilge pump was not working, okay? So the next day, I took it apart. Here was bow fishing line sucked in that little impeller, oh. and it had burnt out. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that's what caused so, that. So make sure to check your bilge pumps before you get going this season. Make sure it's all cleaned up underneath you because that's where a lot of the dirt, the mud, the sand, and everything else that gets sucked to the back of the boat ends up. Fish, slime, scales, scales. everything, yeah. everything. So bilge pumps are very crucial in checking for your safety while you're in your boat fishing boat. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple other things, you know, making sure that you don't go over that max capacity weight limit yes. on the boat. You know, it's always fun to get as many buddies out there as you can to go shoot some fish, but be safe doing it. Uh, know yep. your boat. Know, know what it can support. Yep. Um, that and then just, you know, typical stuff, Matt, life jackets. Life jackets. They make life jackets that are so low profile that you mm-hmm. do not, you'll, for, you'll get back in the truck after a day or night of shooting <laughs> yeah. and you'll be like, oh, God, I got my life jacket on. Yep. I didn't even yep. realize that I had it on. Those life belts. Life belts even too. And they yeah. make them that they're automatic too. You second they're, you know, submerged underwater, they're gonna they're gonna um what's the word I'm looking for? They're gonna expand, they're gonna fill with air open that up. that that CO two yep. that's gonna open up and you're gonna float right to the surface and be right. good to go. So just always have one of those on as well. Yep. And there's even places, Matt, down in Kentucky, you have to have one on. Absolutely. Which is I think Absolutely. that's a that's a good rule to have in place there. Yep, yep. And I know there's times when I'm out there and I I don't put my life jacket on. I have it sitting there. Right. Well, what good does that life jacket do sitting there? No, it's not going to do you anything. It doesn't. Um, that's why I love the life belts uh, because I don't even know they're on, like you said. A lot of times I'll get out and I'll go jump in the truck and back the trailer in and it's still on my yeah. waist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're we're getting on this safety topic here. Matt, yeah. you want to 
tell everybody what we're going to do today, who we're going to have on the podcast. All right. Um, we're going to be talking to Robert Blackburn from Canyon Lake, Texas. Okay. Um, about a week and a half ago, Robert had an incident while he was out bow fishing on a Sunday night. And um, this all circles back around to safety. And uh, this incident could, was was a serious incident. Um, thank God it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Um, it was close to being very bad. But um, we're going to give a call here to Robert Blackburn from Canyon Lake, Texas. He's going to tell us about his situation that he had to go through here in this past. Was that just this past week, Matt, two weeks ago now? A week and a half, I think okay. it's been. All right. Yep. Give Robert a call here. Yep. This is Robert. Robert, this is Matthew and Derek from the Bowfishing Buzz. How is your day going today, buddy? It's going pretty good, pretty good. Just, you know, sitting around the house playing with the pup. Playing with the... <laughs> Sounds like a good day. Do you have more than one or do you have a couple pups? Um, I got, you know, I guess she's kind of the Facebook famous, but uh, her name's Daisy. She's a little Australian Shepherd mini. Oh, cool. You take her into bow fishing with you? Oh, yeah, she loves it. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, cool. First mate. She gets real mean on them fish and, uh, you know, actually get there shooting fish and stuff. She's going to try to bite them, kind of get them off, off the air or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she'll lay up on the front of the deck and watch the fish swim by and get all mad at you when you don't shoot at them. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's just a hoot, man. I ain't going to That's awesome, Robert. Well, I have my buddy Derek along with me here, and um, we're we're just going to go through and um, ask you a couple questions here, Robert, to kind of get the the flow going. Uh, the first one is, yeah. um, you know, how did you get involved in the sport of bow fishing? Was it a friend, family member, or all by yourself? And just kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Robert. Um. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, my dad, you know, has been bow fishing since the early seventies. You know, when he was you know, in his early 20s, and uh, bow fished for quite a few years, and then in the early 90s, he just quit fishing, he kind of seems like he goes in cycles with people. Anyways, <laughs> well, another, two cousins of mine started fishing, and uh, perked his interest back up, and then so early 2000s, you know, it was back every weekend they were going, and uh, I think it was, I don't know, early 2000s, I started to go okay. with them, and uh, you know, first trip out there with them, I didn't even have a bow, kind of like how everyone else was, and just went along and rode around and shot my dad's left-handed recurve, and, you know, after <laughs> that, I was like, okay, Pops, uh, I'm going to need a bow. <laughs> That's awesome. So your so your dad has been bow fishing since the early 70s. That's very yes, cool. Sir. Yes, Wow. Sir. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, yeah, uh, He's older than dirt, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Robert, living down in Texas, you have a very rich bow fishing environment. What's your favorite species to target down there? You know, that, that's kind of the – I get asked that all the time. And, you know, most people are going to say, oh, man, alligator guard, gator guard, gator guard, mm -hmm. gator guard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my favorite thing to shoot sunfish. I mean, I'll foam at the mouth. And I tell people, I said, you can have a three-pound sunfish laying next to eight-foot gator guard. I'm going to shoot that sunfish every day. <laughs> Wow. Uh, 
So that's my that's realistically my favorite thing to shoot. Wow, that, but, uh, that's crazy because I know years past you were allowed to shoot catfish in Texas and now you can't. Yeah, so yep. back in the back in the gap, uh, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife did like a two year per you know provisional period to, to allowing it, you know, like a trial run. Sure. And uh, uh, the Texas Boat Fishing Association before they were dissolved. Uh, worked on that. That's back when my dad was actually president of the TBA. Oh, wow. And so oh. We, we worked hand-in-hand hand with Texas Parks and Wildlife on stuff, and, you know, it, the process went extremely well, and there was no citations or anything, you know, written in that period of time, but it, it was still just a big concern that all the, the game fishermen didn't think it was fair. Okay. So, you know, we lost the privilege, but... Huh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, we, we used to like shooting, shooting them. It was, it was, it was you know... Yeah, kind of absolutely. I know one of the species that I really like to pursue when I come to Texas are those uh, smallmouth buffs. Ah, those things just get my blood going. They're so strong yeah, and they're so big down there. You know, they're crazy. This is a ball of muscle. <laughs> yeah, that's what we always make the joke. You know, you have a you know a thirty-pound buffalo come out on the boat, fight harder than a big old gator guard. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yep, absolutely. So, Robert, do you compete in bow fishing tournaments? Yes, sir. That's, you know, one of the biggest things I got into shooting was the tournaments. And, you know, I grew up, you know, from about 2007 till 2014, we fished the Texas circuit pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, past couple of years, I've been fishing outside of Texas between, you know, uh, Mississippi and Arkansas and Louisiana and, you know, so... Sure. We fish all over creation, so to speak, you know, chasing after that fish. But, yeah, uh, we won Mississippi State last year and won Texas State early this year. And, wow. And, you know, my eye injury might be able to squeeze in the world, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm going to hold my breath on that one. Well, I know that even if you are unable to participate at Worlds, there's a whole bunch of guys that would love to come up and shake your hand and, and give you a big old hug, Robert. <laughs> yeah. And yep. see, I, I, I've been thinking about at least just coming up for that and just, you know, being able to meet everyone. And, you yeah. know, community's definitely been there on the support and, you know, yep. stuff. That, that's great. And that's one thing that I love about the Bowfish community is everybody kind of, you know, everybody's helping each other in a time of need and stuff like that. I, you notice that in a lot of stuff when, you, when it comes to the Bowfish community, you know, um, I've, I've already, you know, seen where people help each other out when there's like a, somebody has a fire and they lose a lot of their, their gear and stuff like that. So it's an awesome community to belong to, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Robert, just going off of what you were just talking about there, a few weeks ago, you had a very serious accident happen while you were out on the water, bow fishing. Um, just, can you explain to Matt and I and our audience just how that night unfolded? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, it started out, I had a, a first-time fisherman on the boat with me, and, uh, you know, they've never boat fished, and, you know, mm-hmm. so I took them out because they're in college, and that was their only available time was on a Sunday, and, uh, you know, we got on the water about 30 minutes in, and the fishing was all right, you know, it was worth being out there, and, you know, uh, had, you know, 20 or 30 fish in the boat, probably, and ended up drawing back to shoot a carp. Uh, that was swimming towards the boat, and uh, whenever I shot, you know, it's a gray area still, but um, I ended up having the arrow struck me in the eye and ruptured my eye, mm. and it knocked me down, almost fell in the tub of the boat, ironically, mm. and 
drop the bow in the water, which is what the surgeons think is what allowed the arrow to be pulled out of my head. Oh. Or else I'm not having to, you know, be holding it or something until I got to the EMS. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, what had happened is, is the, you know, I think we started to call it the mystery knot. Yep. yep. Anyone that ties the back, probably if they're shot long enough or enough, they've heard yep. heard about it or it happened. And, uh, you know, it, the string yep. tied around the bowstring and, you know, once I had about a 12-inch portion of string, it just snapped back into my into my eye. And, wow. you know, sadly, it took it out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so it happened. You know, I, I got on my phone. I had the person with me, and they looked at it, and they saw it, you know, it was bleeding pretty good, but they couldn't tell. They thought it hit, like, my cheekbone. Oh, wow. And, you know, I kind of knew it was my eye area just because, you know, how my eye felt, just like y'all get, you know, metal in your eye. Yeah. And I took a picture on Snapchat and actually ended up sending it to a couple of my friends just so they, they had it so they could save it because I didn't know if I could screen, if I screenshot it or not. Wow. And, uh, yeah, at that moment when I, when I saw my own face, I knew it wasn't good and I knew I needed to get to the hospital. So uh, uh, I, I got on the phone. You know, I, I didn't want to call EMS because in, the, my, in prior situations, they're always, they don't want you to move. They want you to stay still until they can get to you. But yeah. I knew with me being out in the middle of the river on the lake that that wasn't going to be a, a viable option. Sure, correct. So, yeah. Anyways, I got my phone, called my pops, and luckily he answered. It was only like 9.30 at night, so he wasn't asleep enough to him. You know, I told him, I was like, hey, I had a bad accident, and I'm not okay. I need you to get to the boat ramp, you know, this boat ramp here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love you, and I hung up on him. Wow. And I didn't, have, didn't want to do the whole, what happened, what do we need, you know, just, I need you to get here. Yeah. Oh. And so I told the person that was with me, I said, hey, I'm going to drive this boat back. We need to get a tourniquet on my head so I don't, you know, lose anything or get any debris from the wind. And I said, you're going to have to help me not run into stuff. You know, I mean, there's stumps and, you know, and buoys and rock piles and stuff. I said, as long as I don't, if it's not visibly sticking out of the water, it's not a concern. We're, we're fine. You know, I know yep. where all the underwater stuff is. So by the time I, you know, I had, luckily only had to make like a three-mile uh, drive back. Okay. And uh, with about half the time that I would have if I didn't have that ramp right there. Right. And, uh by the time my boat was hitting the, the boat ramp, my pops was pulling up, and, uh, you know, he's worried as it is, and, yeah. and at that, I had other family show up to handle the boat and my dog and all that stuff, and, you know, a couple minutes shortly after I got there, EMS showed up, and uh, they carried me up, up the road, and met, uh, they ended up calling LifeLight to carry me to the hospital and uh, up by Austin, wow. and, uh, you know, ended up, I went through a, an emergency surgery then, and they uh, they were you know, able at that point to repair the eye, just to maybe give me the option in the future, or you know, once it healed up, some to see if I was if it was going to be a, a repairable situation. <laughs> and uh, ended up having a blood clot, a blood clot on the back side of my eye, and uh, you know, severe damage and everything, and you know. Luckily, I didn't have any brain damage or anything like that, but wow. they said within another quarter or half an inch, and it, it, it would have been fatal. Oh, so, my goodness. Uh, there. But uh, mm. anyways, you know, I've had two follow-up appointments already, and, you know, I'm blind in my right eye. You know, I don't have any any sort of 
a vision or I can't see any shades or, or light or anything. And I'm missing just about every crucial component of the eyeball itself, ironically. Wow. You know, so wow. That's 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 for tomorrow to schedule for a, 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 a prosthetic uh, appointment sure. i guess sure yep yep that's that's um that's crazy that's it's quite the story robert yeah. and um and you know everybody's so thankful that everybody you know was quick reacting i mean just to hear you talk about that how calm and collected you were you know during that whole process even to think about getting you know a, a rag around there as you were driving back to the boat so nothing no debris and stuff would get into that wounded area and stuff like that you know and and um for you to just call your dad and tell him to come and just hang up like that and you know that's just uh, an amazing story you know and that's crazy yeah you know um i'm not gonna lie i'm the biggest titty baby there ever was you know i might get poked <laughs> by something i'm gonna cry about it for three days <laughs> and, you know in that situation you know i mean reality set in you know i'm yeah. not gonna lie to y'all you know, I saw parts of my eye and the picture outside of my eye, and uh, I wasn't too hopeful. At that point, I told myself, okay, well, this, I'm done for with this eye, but I still, you know, I need to go get this taken care of. So wow. I think that kept me from going into shock or freaking out or, you know, just the fact that I had to accept it then, you know. Man. No one else, you know. And, and if I hadn't, you know, I, I would hate for to wait until someone came and got me just because, you know, it would have prolonged the, the, the process. So right. it's kind of one of the things that, you know, tough through it. And surprisingly, through the whole ordeal, the, the pain wasn't that bad. You know, I, I had more pain after the actual surgery. Sure. You know, but, um, yep. you know, the, the, at the moment, the pain wasn't that bad. And, wow. and I, it, 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 it could have been because I was in, you know, all, you know, adrenaline rush, I guess you could say. I'm not too sure. Right. Yep. But, Yep. One of them freak accidents, you know. Yep. You can try to avoid it, nothing says you would have, but, you know, there's, a, there's it, it, it definitely, in my situation, could have been avoided at least this one time. Right, right. So, this next question is, you know, do you plan to keep bow fishing? I think you've already answered that question in some of the videos that you have posted out yeah. there. You've already, I've, see, I've seen you shooting your, your bow fishing rig into a, a block target and stuff like that already and that's 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 incredible robert that's amazing well um and i'm not gonna lie to y'all um i've had so much support from everyone and there's been a lot of people in the industry that have had you know eye injuries from you know a few of them have been for arrows but they might have been from you know uh being overseas in a war or you know mower accidents and yep. you know it, it went back and forth of the people if they lost their dominant eye whether they stayed that same hand and it seemed to be about 70 percent of them ended up switching to their to their other hand due to the accident that they had and, sure you know uh mm-hmm. not trying to be i had already made the decision that if i couldn't shoot so right in again i i don't think i would have been to do a I, I think i might have just hung it up just because mm-hmm. you do it so long one way that you, you just you have too much pride to want to learn any other way. Yeah. And, yep. You know, so mm-hmm. doctors told me I couldn't shoot a bow for, you know, a couple of months. And then I had my, my specialist told me as long as I don't strain myself, I could do normal everyday tasks. So, you know, I guess I, I kind of was bending the rules there a little bit. <laughs> well, I've been shooting, you know, 50, 60 arrows. 
it's, it's a big, it's different. I mean, it's completely yeah. different. Oh, I can't imagine. I, no, we can't imagine what that's like to yeah. to do that. But, you know, even even the, the videos that you are posting right now to, to make everybody aware of what happened and to show the pictures and to show that how the, the so-called mystery, not how that, it does happen, you know. Um, even those videos that you're making are, are is a large voice for the safety in the sport, you know. Um, do you plan on making like any changes to your gear, Robert, for um, um, well, for stuff like this? The ironic, that's the ironic part of the whole situation is, you know, I grew up shooting safety slides. Safety slides really started to get popular, you know, as I first started fishing. And right. So we shot just because I had people. I, I had my pops actually, you know, in the late '90s had a had a snapback from the same situation, and it hit him in the tooth. So oh, wow. he was, you know, had burned that bridge. Yep. So then we shot slides. And so up until about three or four years ago, I shot safety slides exclusively. Mm-hmm. Well, then changing who you fish with, some people prefer tied the back. You end up trying what they have. And it would it would come down to depending on what situation we were in, what we were, if we were shooting a safety slide or tied the back. Yep. And, you know, as y'all know, just because y'all are AMS, you know, some people don't like them, and some people love them. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, yep. If yep. I was shooting a slide, it would have prevented my situation. Right. There's no doubt about it. Yep. You know, and yep. some people said, "Well, I've had snapbacks with, with with safety slides, and you know, I've had arrows come back at me, but I wouldn't consider it a snapback with the way you know." Right. Right. My, but, big, my biggest thing is with 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 a safety slide is if you have an arrow come back at you it only comes back at you sideways or comes at your leg or you know it doesn't come straight back in the manner that it was you know when you shot you know mm-hmm. and the simple fact you can keep the string and your slide in front of your rest in front of the reel yep it, it makes it more foolproof and they're faster right. and you know you go out there in 10 foot of water if you've got clear water and you draw back with your safety slide and shoot and watch how straight your arrow shoots and you can go tie to the back, and you can watch your arrow do just a almost a hard right ninety or up, you know, or, or some aggressive turn. Because mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I've always been pro safety slide. It's just one of those times I just didn't have a safety slide on. Right, right. Well, Robert, you know, we are we're you know first we want to thank you for coming on the podcast and yeah. and telling everybody about the the situation you had the other night. And secondly, we just want to you know we're all going to keep you in our prayers. Um, I've seen your Facebook stuff. Uh, you're a strong-willed guy. I know that you'll be back on the water shooting fish. From what I've heard, you were one hell of a deadly shot <laughs> from what I've heard from people telling stories and stuff like that. Um, but, man, we all of us here at AMS, we wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward here with this. And I know you're going to keep practicing and keep getting better and better. Um, but, yeah, we just wish you all the best, Robert. Well, I appreciate it. You know, I'm glad. I appreciate the opportunity just to – you know, I mean, my whole thought process is, is if this podcast can maybe prevent one snapback or, you know, yep. anything worth it. You know, and I, hate, I hate to be emotional like that, but right. you only got five and it's not worth losing any of them. Absolutely. You're right on that. Yep, yep. So um, I'll let you get back. I know you got a busy day tomorrow. Um, with the docs and stuff like that. But uh, once again, thank you very much, Robert, for yeah. coming on the podcast. Um, we really enjoyed talking to you about this experience, and hopefully, like you said, somebody else will learn, you know, from this here. Um, but we wish you all the best, Robert. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. You bet. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert.
just uh, just a that leaves you speechless listening to that whole night unfold yeah. like that. And you know, getting to the safety slides, okay. AMS and Jeff and Cindy are all about safety yeah. firsthand. Foremost. Was was from day one. Was from day one. We AMS invented the safety slide. Okay, Jeff and Cindy came up with that idea uh, to keep the sport safe for every bowfisher that's out there. Um, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a spinner. Robert shoots a spinner. It doesn't matter because I hear people say it all the time. Well, you don't need to use it if you're shooting a, a, a spin cast reel. No. That's not true. No, it's not. That's not true. Um, it, it happens. The mystery knot does happen. And um, I'm not on doing, we're not doing this podcast right here to, to jingle jangle. And, and we're, yeah, we, we don't want anybody to think that we're doing this to try to no. boost sales. That's absolutely that that's has nothing to do with no. it. It's just important to us to try to pass this along. You know, we just would hate to have this happen to somebody else. Right. Right. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to have a little break here and we will be right back after this break. Why I Bowfish. Hunting fish with a bow. Non-stop action. Never slow. By day, by night. Great shots. Great fights. With family, with friends. Trash talk never ends. And kids, they love it. If they miss, think nothing of it. By foot, by boat, by board or canoe. How you do it is up to you. Aim low. Shoot fast. Watch your shadow. Watch the grass. Shoot carp, raise, or gar. Shoot them close. Shoot them far. Stout arrow. Barb tip. Retrieve a reel. Let it rip. Bow fishing. Give it a shot. All right, welcome back to the Bow Fishing Buzz presented by AMS Bow Fishing and Mega Mouth Bow Fishing. My name is Matthew. And D. Schmitty over here. D. Schmitty. And, you know, just a couple quick things here um, before we wrap things up here, Derek. Um, You know, so much is factored into something that is happening, okay? Draw weight, draw length. Mm -hmm. The, the, The bow fishing lines that we're using these days are stronger than the lines that we were using years ago. Yeah, yeah. You take a 150-pound line from 12 years ago to the 150-pound line that we're using these days right. is a lot stronger. Yeah. It's made better with better materials. Weaved tighter, um, a, a different a different core to it. It's just, it's come right. a long ways. So you don't have, your arrows, your line is not going to break every time you shoot, even if you're shooting a high-poundage bow. Yeah. It all depends on what that what that string is doing too. That string acts as a, as a rubber band. You know, that string has a rubber band effect on that, too. Yeah. Um, so the slides were not invented to use just for the AMS retrievers. No. They're used for everything. Yep. When you go to draw back with your arrow tied to the back, with your line tied to the back of the arrow, when you go to draw that bow back, look at the loop of line that's behind your arrow rest. Now, that line has to go through your cables, your strings, your cable guard, and your rest. To sneak out of there without yep. getting it tangled up. Yep. Unfortunately for Robert, I don't know if you saw a picture of that knot that was around his was crazy string things and stuff like that. Yeah. It, was, it happens. It can happen. All right. We just want you all to be safe while you're out in the water. So I think uh, this this week's um, yeah the uh, product, product spotlight product, product spotlight yeah yep the highlight here is going to be on that Everglide safety slide from AMS. AMS believes safety is paramount. That's why we focus on safety in every product we manufacture and why we never sell an arrow without an Everglide safety slide, a device we invented and patented that changed the industry. 
This system has proven its ease and durability on millions of fish. If used properly, it ensures your line will remain out of the front of your arrow rest, out in front of the arrow rest, and away mm-hmm. from the bowstring on the boat. Absolutely. Um, we sell them in all different kinds yeah. of colors, 2264. So if you're using a crossbow bolt, bigger arrow there, um, yeah. just... Just very important to get those those safety slides on those arrows right. big time. And they're made right here in the USA. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think yep. we got some out there that we're going to be ready to pad print up here and be ready to mm-hmm. get them on arrows that we're going to be shipping out of here. Absolutely. So. And just a couple more um, things here before we get ready to wrap this up here is... Um, Big 20 is not too far away. Oh, I can't believe how fast it's sneaking up on us, Matt. It is. It's less than a, what, April? It's less than a month oh, away? Yeah. We're less than a month away, Schmitty, from oh. the Big 20. Oh, oh, oh. First place this year, remember, is $10,000 for first place. Wow. That's a lot of juice right That's there. That's a lot of dough right there. A lot of yeah. bread right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So from all of us at AMS Bowfishing and Mega Mouth Bowfishing, be safe on the water. We want you to enjoy the sport of bow fishing. Making memories is what it's all about. And have a great time on the water. Remember to safety is always first. And god darn it, do not leave your damn fish in the ditches or at the boat ramps. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Tell them. And if you know somebody that's doing that, tell them or turn them in because I don't want them on the water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we wish Robert all the best of Absolutely. luck. Yep. yep. And um, like I said, I know he's uh, he's a strong guy. Um, just by you can tell by watching his videos and stuff like that, he's gonna make it. He's gonna he's gonna be back. Yeah. Shooting tournaments. Absolutely. And I think another thing we can throw in here too is Robert goes into a little bit of a deeper dive. He made a video that Megamouth and AMS. We posted that video on our Facebook page too. So if you guys want to check that out, that's yep. up there as well. Yep. Yep. So, so from all of us from AMS Bow Fishing and Megamouth Bow Fishing. We'll see you next time on the Bullfishing Buzz Podcast. See you guys.